Good evening, church, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Cole. I'm the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ, and this is Dan Spath. He's one of our elders. And this is our Wednesday evening conversation through the Law and the Prophets, where we discuss some of the most exciting events and people and stories out of the scriptures. Um, if you're listening to this on the Heart and Hands podcast, I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching us on Facebook, Thank you so much for joining us. If you could like and share this content, it really helps us out. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. Um, I'm excited to say that you're now in the Gospel of John. Yep. Yeah, it's going well. We, we spent three weeks in the first 14 verses, so <laughs> you, know, you kind of know how that class is going. But, well, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's important. I love the book of John, and it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's just a different kind of mindset. John has a different mindset than, mm. than the other writers do. And it's uh, there's so much information in every verse. Sometimes in every verse. Sometimes you spend a whole class on just a verse because there's so much information there. So, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. I mean, I've heard many preachers and many teachers today, you could spend a lifetime in just the Gospel yeah. of John. Yeah. You could preach for a year. You could preach for a year in the, in the Gospel of John. You could teach, you know, I, I envision the class is probably going to take us a year to do just the book of John, probably, because there's so much there. Mm. There's just so much. And, you know, we talked about belief and obedience in verses 12 and 13, and that's where, that's what we did Sunday morning. Uh, next Sunday morning, we're going to look at verse 14 and maybe maybe uh, maybe get to 15 and 16. I don't know. You know, it's, but it's fun. Well, it's, I mean, it's fun class. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And, and, and we spent God. a... We spent a great deal of time there, so yeah, I, we've been we've been at the first fourteen verses for about three or four weeks. Well, that's excellent. That's 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 very good. good. It's fun, fun class, and, and got more people coming every 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 week, and and people watching and people commenting. That's good. It does seem like more and more people are more comfortable. Yes, there. You know, class. You know, used to my class was on Sunday morning was thirty five, forty on a Sunday morning, and it's. Uh, and it's getting back up to now where there's about 28 to 30. So more people are, are getting comfortable coming and being together. And, and uh, I saw that Kyle and Kelly Tiffin were here Sunday morning, which was a big deal. They haven't been here since the virus hit because she's, you know, she's had some, some well, medical with good reasons. Yeah, good reasons. Yeah, absolutely. Not, you know, and they were here for the first time in, in, in a year. And it was really good to see them. Well, church, and you know, this is one of the biggest reasons why we do this, yes. why we live stream. We know that many of you, you know, are concerned with the, with the virus and concerned with health issues. And so we wanted to make sure that we gave, we did everything we could Absolutely. and took every opportunity that we had to continue to feed the flock. Um, and it's been, it's been and, very and good. And I had a lady the other day said, said, my God, Dan, you and Cole have saved my life. Mm. The live stream saved my life because... Because she was sick and not Crohn's sick, but she had other illnesses and she couldn't come, and and now she's finally started coming back, and and she's, you know, it was it, it was it was it's great to see her. It's just great Absolutely. to see her. You know, you can't get the same thing online that you can get in a personal, you know, hands-on, and it's just it's just a, you know I encourage you to to man it's a you know we're. We'd love to have you come back. If you're if you're part of our flock and you've not come in, man, please you just try us one time and see. Uh, you know, there's nothing to be scared about. We don't we haven't had any cases of coronavirus, and they've been really isolated when we had them. Uh, and uh, so we've been we've been trying really hard to protect our flock. And it'd really be good to see everybody come back. And you know, but we're you know we're we're getting back up there in numbers. You know, pretty much every week we're averaging. You know, not where we were, but but good. It's good, I think. You know, I'm I'm pleased with it. 
and and a lot of members. I mean, a lot of visitors. We had mm-hmm. we had quite a few visitors Sunday morning, not just because of the holiday, but because people are looking for a church home. That's right. We'd love to have we we we'd love to have them come and worship with us and and uh, try to try to reach people with the gospel Absolutely. in this town and and in the world. You did an awesome job because uh, this one's coming out Wednesday, so that we're not behind. So. Uh, you did an awesome job Sunday. Thank the you. mission report from Mexico. It was awesome, man. It was a it was a great report. And I heard a lot of great comments about it. People just don't know what really all is going down on down there and what we're doing and and uh, to to be a part of that and to have you talk about it so eloquently the way you did. It was just it was awesome. You did a good job. Well, I can <clears throat> if you hear a, a cough drop in my mouth this evening. Like it's I got because, a pebble in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still sick. I was sick Sunday, so I can unequivocally say that it was absolutely the Lord's doing. I, if it had been up to me, I would have run screaming out of the building a long time Any, ago. Anybody that's been a, that's preached any at all, and have been committed to doing that, and 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 been dedicated to someone depending on you, you know that at some point that's going to happen to you. That's right. You're going to have to preach when you don't feel you don't have your A game. You're going to have to. It's happened to me. It's happened to Glenn. It's happened to any preacher I've ever known. Well, and I and I felt so bad because I. I looked up at the time and it was, you know, 1045 and I thought, okay, I'm okay. And then I'm so sick that I'm trying to focus on what I'm saying. And I totally lost track of time. And I look back up and it's 1105 and I'm like, oh, I need to get down. <laughs> I need to shut up. I need to stop talking. Um, so. Um, you did a great job. You did well, awesome I appreciate job. that. And, and it was, uh, uh, you know, sometimes when that happens to us, it's really humbling because we know that that we have no business being up there. Mm-hmm. We feel like garbage. And it, and it's maybe the, the times when God can really take over and really do with us what needs to be done where we'll get out of the way. Because we just feel so bad, we just wish we could just not die on the stage and, <laughs> and they'd carry us off. You know? I certainly felt that way. So if yeah. you were trying to talk to me Sunday morning after the assembly, please know I wasn't trying to get away from you. I just did not feel good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's not coronavirus or anything. You've had your... You've had your. Oh no! I I mean I just got back from Mexico, so I had a negative test result. I had to have the negative test result. My kids had some type of upper respiratory infection. Leave it to our children. Hey, believe it or not, there are other illnesses out there besides coronavirus. Yes, they haven't all gone away. No, and so my children, um, I was fine all throughout my my trip in Mexico. Was totally healthy, and then I got home back to the states. And one of your kids gave you something. And my kids had a welcome home package for me. So, (laughs) and then gave it to Jessica. And then yes, but. Jessica is much more resilient than I am, so she's she was down with a sore throat for maybe a day, and now she's already back at it, and I'm still struggling to get there. So, um, well, hey, it's superior good. genes. That's there what, you go. That's there what it go. is. Well, um, it's good. It's good to be back at doing this. We're gonna we're gonna record quite a bit this week, so yes, we are. You got to get on your game, man. Well, and we are gonna pick up in Genesis chapter thirty-one, verse twenty-two. We're gonna pick up where we left off last week, but before we do, brother, why don't you open us in prayer? Father in heaven, we thank you so much uh, for the power of the word and the opportunity we have to study it tonight. I pray, Father, that you will teach us the things that we need to know and that uh, and you'll be with our audience, Father, that there's, there may be some out there that are really struggling and that Cole and I might say something that, uh, that would help to ease their, their struggle. Father, we thank you for the opportunity of this medium. We thank you, Father, for all those that are involved and all the technical know-how that, that people have. And, and again, we're just so grateful for the opportunity to share your message and your word 
uh, with the with uh, with our audience and with the with the world. Thank you so much for that, Father. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, brother. Before we get into the text, I just want to ask you a quick question. Mm-hmm. Has it ever come a time in your your personal relationships that you just had to call it quits? Personal relationship. Which what personal? So relationship? in any in any person in any relationship that you've had with somebody that you just had to say, you know what, I'm done. Yes. We're done. Mm-hmm. And walk away. Mm-hmm. I had a job. I was working for a guy before I moved here. I had a, a job. I was working for a guy named Frank San Marco. He owned San Marco's Auto Repair, and I got a job there because uh, uh, because my dad knew him and put in a good word for me. And he was a he was an Italian. He was about five foot five. He had a cigar like to stick out of his mouth, and on the company truck he'd spit t- tobacco all over the. You know, it was just nasty when you. And he was a he was a. a he was a tyrant, and I, I could I loved what we did because I was just learning how to work on cars and just learn and and we had a a, a Fiat Spider come in one day and uh, and I I never worked through lunch ever. I I never did that, and that Fiat came in and he uh, and it was uh, I started working on it and lunch came and went and I still worked on his car. Nobody else in the shop wanted to work on it. And I didn't know what I was doing. But, you know, and, and he walked up to me and he said, you don't need to be working here. He said, you need to be, I got a friend you need to be working at. What we didn't know is I already, already met Georgia and I already had plans. And and, uh, and I knew that there was a point where, you know, I'm done here. I don't like the guy. I really like what I'm, what this part of it, but he didn't work on that kind of car as much. And so I got a job here and I've, I've cut, cut tie with him. And, uh, and I, I disliked him so much, and I was such a jerk that I walked in and said, I'm through, and I quit and walked out. And I just didn't, I, just, I wasn't raised to do that that way, but I just couldn't stand him, you know, <laughs> just couldn't stand him. And so it was time for me to go, and I just, and I just went. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm done here. Of course, I wasn't, I wasn't a great loss to the company, you know. I was a, I was a flunky. I was a, go, a wrench fetcher, man. You know, I didn't, I didn't know anything, but just when it came to that car, I just, I just was, I just poured myself. I was just enamored with it. Hmm. And they got a Volkswagen Beetle in one time, and anybody that's watching knows me knows that you know that was my passion. And uh, and I and I and I started rewiring that car and and did some things on that car. And and, uh, no, and they're all looking at me like. And I don't know where it came from. It's just what I enjoyed doing. But he didn't do much of that, and the guy I worked for here did. So, you know, it's the time to cut it and run. And I, that's what I did. Yeah. Has there ever been a point in time where, because I mean, it's one thing to cut and run from someone like that, who very difficult to be around, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But have you ever had to do that with family? Things have gotten so bad that you had to walk away from family. Yeah, there's some I can't talk about. Sure. Uh, because, you know, God forbid that they ever see it. Um uh, but uh, I, I had to walk away from my mom and my dad. Uh, you know, for a, for a time, I had to walk away from them. You know, when I became a Christian and I was no longer part of the denominational world that they were part of, they were, uh, they were, they were not happy. Let's put it that way. Huh. And uh, uh, and they, they, they. I, my wife had a tough time with my mother. My mother was very dominating, very controlling, and. Uh, they had a she had a tough time with my with my mother and uh, 
it was it was starting to get better as we became Christians, and she and she started to wrap her mind around the fact that we weren't going back to the denominational world. It started getting better, and then she they, she got sick and died. But uh, the uh, yeah, there was a time when I just I just couldn't be around them because you know my mother my mother took it so personal that what we did that she started taking out on my wife, which was unfair and it was untrue. My wife didn't. It wasn't the reason. I was the reason that I drug my family to this, not the other way around. And uh, you know, and then, and many people that know me know know this. You know, my dad told me the day of the funeral. I'm standing there, and I walk by his. We're at the old house, and and I walk by his his bed, their bedroom, and he stops me, and he looks at me, and he says, "You know, she never forgave you for what you did." And I'm going, "You're kidding." You picked today to tell me this? Today is when you picked to tell me this. I said, let's get something straight. Of course, in about 15 milliseconds, I'm I'm jacked up, man. I'm, you know, so that's why she treated my wife like garbage. That's why she, you know, all the things that were happening. And, uh, and I felt bad until that point because I had not spent time with them and I had broken from them because... I just couldn't be around them. They weren't. They they didn't believe the way I did anymore, and uh, I felt bad until he said that. I didn't feel bad anymore because she was. She had one mission and one mission only, and that was to get me back into the denominational world. So he told me. I said, you know, I said I didn't do drugs anymore, I didn't drink anymore, and I didn't chase women anymore. What what what? Where's the bad part of that? Tell me what was bad about that. If she really cared about me as her son, where was the bad? I don't understand where the bad was. Well, the bad was your life now what spoke condemnation on hers. I know. I, I know it did. And, but for him to tell me at that point that she oh, never no. forgave me, that was, that was like a punch in the gut. I thought we were getting back to a, a good place. You know, I, for the six months before, <coughs> she, she had just been at our house. Like on an Easter weekend, she'd been at our house or something like that. And her bed, it looked like she was pregnant, and and uh, and she said, "I'm going to the doctor tomorrow." The next phone call I get is they're going to operate on her, and she's got a tumor inside of her, inside of her, uh, almost the size of a volleyball. You know, and then you know she dies, and you know, and I, so I'm heartbroken because I didn't have a relationship with her, and then he tells me that, and I said, you know, it was never going to get any better anyway. It never was. If she never forgave me, then she was going to always blame somebody else besides herself. Because she never forgave me, that means the people around me, you know. So, so it was it. You know, then I after that was said, I, I felt justified that that the the reason I walked away was because we were never going to be on the same page religiously ever again. Never. I thought we could be, and then I knew we weren't ever going to be. And it and, and it, it's so much more difficult when it's family. Mm. You know, I, I mentioned a few episodes back. You know. Oftentimes we see family, at least in my case, I've seen family use the blood is thicker than water. Mm-hmm. And it's always in an effort to manipulate, to, yeah. get, to get them on your side, to get them, to get you into a position where you may not agree with them, but you're yeah. going to go along. Um, and, and, you know, and, and, and my mother was very good at, at, uh, at making you try to feel guilty within a conversation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, if I, I never could talk to her about, about, going to the jail because by then you know I'm this is seven eight years into this and I'm going to the jail 
you know, I went to jail for 17 years. I'm going to jail and, and I'm, I'm learning. And, and she does, she knows she can't, she can't get into a debate with me biblically because she just, she didn't have enough knowledge. You were going that. to the jail to teach people. To gospel. teach people. Yeah. I was teaching people, you know, a couple of times a week, uh, you know, a couple hours at a time. We were, I was teaching, you know, lots of people and uh, I couldn't talk to her about it because if I tried to mention anything, she would, she would automatically bring up something that she was doing and didn't want to listen. And it was obvious she didn't want to listen. So I just said, okay, well, you don't want to hear what I, I'm doing. Fine. You know how many times my father heard? I've been preaching at Fortran for almost 30 years. Okay? I've, I've preached on and off here a lot. You know how many times my father heard me preach? Hmm. He died about 10 years ago. You know how many times he heard me preach? One time. In all my life, he heard me preach one time. You know, why? Why, 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 why wouldn't he spend more time? You know, and see, now I feel, I look at it and say, now I understand why it was, it, you know, I, I didn't need to feel guilty because I didn't do anything wrong. You know, they were the ones that had the problem. And for him to not, not want to come and say, hey, I want to come hear what you have to say because I'm your, you're my son and I'm proud of you. He never said that. He never said one time in his whole life that he was proud of me. Never. And, you know, I just, it, it's, uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it made it okay when I walked away from that family and said, you know, I can't do this anymore. You know, this is my new family here. And, and the scriptures I'm learning are Jesus said, unless you love me more than you love your own family, you can't have no part of me. Well, <clears throat> that verse really popped on me. Mm-hmm. I'm looking and saying, okay, I got this. I know what that's mean because I've seen it. And and I and I appreciate folks that that had a great relationship with their family. I really do, man. That's awesome that you had a great relationship. I wish I'd had it, but I just didn't, and I had to walk away from it to keep myself faithful. Because I wouldn't have been faithful, she would have seen to that. She would have seen. I I studied with my brother one time. My brother and his his wife, they were down on a weekend, and I and I uh, uh, studied with them, and. Uh, you know, they, they, they were really close to being obedient to the gospel, really close. And uh, he came back the next week, and that was the plan. They're going to come back the next week, and we're going to finish. He came back, and he's sitting in my, at my, uh, my, my dinner table in, in, my, in my, kit, my dining room. And he looked at me, and he put it in, he said, Don't you ever talk to me about that stuff again. Not ever. And I went, What? I said, Who have you been talking to? And he told me, and he said, I wish you could talk to him. And I said, I ain't ready for that. I said, but one day I will be. And when that day comes, set it up. Set it up. And I will talk to him. He, he wanted me to talk to, you know, one, one of his leaders. I said, I'm not ready for that. I've done that since. Not with that guy, but with another one. <laughs> Line them up. I'll sit down with them and, t- and study with them and talk with them. Because I know I know I know the book better than they do, and I know where to go in it. And, and but you know I mean he, my brother and I have a better relationship now. It's not like that now. And and if he could do it, he would move here. He would move here. He just can't. He can't logistically pull it off. But he would because he knows what I'm doing is right. And he and he wants what I have. I think. I, I think he wants that 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 connection to God like that. Uh, and we talk about it some. But you know anyway, it's good. You know, I mean, it's it's a uh, uh, it, it justified the 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 leaving. 
the breaking. It justified it as as a, uh, I wish I'd had a better relationship, but just didn't. Well, and we're going to see that. You know, we're going to yeah. close out this chapter. I wonder what the question was, and that was a perfect question for this for this thing. But well, we're going to we're going to see this dynamic. We're going to close out this chapter with Jacob. He's going to return back to his um, where his father is, mm-hmm. where Isaac is, and where Esau is, and it's mm-hmm. been twenty years. Yeah, you know, yeah, and so. Been. He's going to come come back, but to come back, he's going to have to break it off with Laban. Yeah. And he's going to have to close the door on that side of the family. And it's very difficult because they've been entwined. They've been entwined with, with children and grandchildren, and, and it, that's difficult. Well, and, and it's, it's interesting, too, because one of the dynamics that has grown up, right, go back to Ur the Chaldeans, go back to that, the, you know, that area and get a wife. Mm-hmm. And then Jacob did, did the same thing. He went back. He found a Four wives, you know. Yeah. So, but we're not going to well, see four that. four women. He found four women. We're not going to see that again. We're not going to see Jacob look to his children and say, go back and find. No. That's not going to happen again. No. So, um, it's it's it really is a closing of a chapter. It's a, it's a closing it's a of a closing, section. Yeah, it is a closing of an era, kind of. It really is. Yeah. And so, let's let's get into it. We're in verse 22. And so, if you, were, if you recall from our last study... Um, Jacob has decided it's time to go. He's heard from God. Mm-hmm. He told God's his, told him to go. God's told him to go. He's decided it's time to go. He's told his wives, we're going. They have agreed with this statement. Well, and, and if you go back and you look at just verse 15, it says, uh, does he not, and this is the wives, the, Rachel and Leah talking, said, does he not regard us as foreigners? Not only us, he has, not only has he sold us, but he has used up what he has paid for us. What we has paid for us. So they feel like, They've been isolated. Absolutely. You know, and and I and I know because because of my wife, the conversation we had, my wife felt isolated by by my mother, made her feel isolated, uh, made her feel estranged, like a foreigner, in the family, and that was that must have been very difficult for her. I didn't ever even thought about it till I saw that verse, but that that must have been very difficult for her. Absolutely. So. Well, and so they agree. They do, and they say in verse 16, you know, do whatever God has told you. Then Jacob put his children and his wives on camels, and they're going to leave. Now, of course, we notice Rachel steals the household gods from her father. Yeah. And we talked about these that. These figurines, yeah. They, these. Well, these idols. Yeah, they're right. And, yeah. and we, we talked about last week the significance of that, the importance of that. And and the it's interesting. It's an, it's an interesting thing for her to do when she knows that God's been at work. And God has has given Jacob all of these but things. But think and, about it, Cole. The relationship in this dynamic is between God and Jacob. Mm. God speaks to Jacob. He doesn't speak to Rachel. Everything that, that she knows about God, Jacob has taught her. The The dynamic here is, is there's a, there is a... Now, she knows about God. Now, don't get me wrong. She knows about God. But... But the relationship like Jacob has is not the same for Rachel and Leah. And well, and it's also important to remember the point um, that most pagan and idol- idolater religions focus on. It is not service to some great god. It is 100% about manipulating powers and authorities to get what I want. Yeah, That's the entire point. It still is, to this day. And like it's still to this day. You know, you said, I just got back from Mexico. That's right, I did. And you know what they have on almost every cliffside we passed? Mm-hmm. A little shrine 
with a bunch of idols in them. Yeah. Now those idols have been Christianized. They're idols of Mary and the saints and crosses often. We didn't get up into the areas where it's it's still Aztec gods. We did see a couple of old Aztec gods and idols that are still Because some of the area y'all went to is there that's the heritage. But that was yes, that is the heritage. But that was few and far between. What we really saw were a lot of Christianized they, idols. They even speak a language that's different than that in some areas they some speak areas, a language. Yes. It's more of a Indian Aztec Nawat. Zawat, yeah. Nawat. Yeah, but isn't it a isn't it a a, a a language that comes from an old time language. Yes, it's 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 I believe the Aztec language. The yeah. le- I think I think I'm not you know I'm not an expert on this stuff, um, but it was it was very interesting to see this. So the practice of idolatry, the pra- the pa- practice of paganism, the practice all of these practices aren't designed to venerate and worship a god. Rather, they're designed to manipulate powers and authorities to get what I want. So she steals these gods, and I think you're absolutely right. That's why she steals them. She steals them because. I don't know about this God that Jacob serves, this yeah. one that's talking to him and doing all this but, stuff. Well, she says right here, so do whatever God has told you. She not, understands there's, but in that mindset, they don't, they don't just have a God. They have a multiplicity of gods. Right. They worship all of the powers. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so she steals these things and, and they go. Um, so we're going to pick up in 22. On the third day, Laban was told that Jacob had fled, taking his relatives with him. He pursued Jacob for seven days and caught up with him in the hill country of Gilead. Then God came to Laban the Aramean in a dream at night and said to him, Be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. Jacob had pinched his tent in the hill country of Gilead when Laban overtook him, and Laban and his relatives camped there too. Then Laban said to Jacob, This has got to be awkward. (laughs) You'd think? You know, this has to be like, it's been building. It's been it's been a pressure cooker, and then Jacob takes off, and that's like ripping the lid off that thing without evacuating any of the pressure. And, and think about it, you know, you've got you've got this dynamic, and you're afraid that Laban's going to be a really bent, and and he's bringing his whole family, all of his sons, and everything, and and going to take this this stuff back by force. Okay, that's so, right. So it's very it's very it's very fearful. I well, would think. and it must have been. For Laban, it must have been so certain for God to have come in and said, "You ain't doing this." Mm-hmm. That you know, so Laban's intent here must have been certain. I'm going to overtake them when and I'm going to kill Jacob. Them. Yeah, and drag them back. Yeah, drag them back. What you know? What for God to come in and say, "Don't you do anything, yeah, good or bad." Yeah. So then Laban said to Jacob, "What have you done? You've deceived me, and you've carried off my daughters like captives in war." These are the daughters that Laban's worked 14 years for? Mm-hmm. Interesting. And, and these are not his daughters anymore. No. They're, they're Jacob's wives. That's right. Why didn't you tell me so I could send you away with joy? Excuse me. Why did you run off secretly and deceive me? Why didn't you tell me so I could send you away with joy and singing to the music of timbrels and harps? You didn't even let me kiss my grandchildren and my daughters goodbye. You have done a foolish thing. I have the power to harm you, probably was his intent. But last night, the God of your father said to me, be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. Now you've gone off because you longed to return to your father's household. So I can accept the reason why you left. And I would have begrudgingly maybe 10 years down the road, you know, after I made more money off you. But. Given into it. There's always a but. But 
Why did you steal my gods? <laughs> you see the whole mindset here? Well, how is he supposed to make any of his money back now that his good luck fortune, uh, his good luck token Jacob is leaving, right? So now I'm now I'm going to have to turn to my gods again and get them to bless me, right? Mm -hmm. So but you've stolen them. <laughs> God. Jacob answered Laban, I was afraid because I thought you would take your daughters away from me by force. Well, there must have been some underlying current of negativity. Oh, well, absolutely. There, We've seen it over and over again. I mean, look at the meeting that Jacob has when he has with his wives. He says, you know, we're, God said to go, we're going to go. And they've said, aren't we foreigners? You know, I mean, that, that underlying tension has been there. This is turned into a disaster. Yeah. Or as you would say to borrow one of um, one of your adages, this is a train wreck with a car and an airplane and a boat. And another train and, coming. I mean, another train coming, right. And it's, yeah. It's, it, had the, it, it was a recipe for further disaster. Well, and, and I, I think Jacob, or excuse me, Laban's intent to use force to stop Jacob Pretty obvious. was obvious. Pretty obvious. I mean, he even says it here. Yeah. And, and he, your God had to come tell yeah. me, you know. So I, I think we, we see it here. So Jacob's answer is, I was afraid because I thought you would take your daughters away from me by force. I think that's a very justified fear. But if you find anyone who has your gods, that person shall not live. And thus begins a trend among all of Israel of opening their mouth and inserting their foot. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, there is a reason why in the law they had certain rules about oaths. But when Christ comes on the Sermon on the Mount, he says, just stop. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Yeah. Stop making these oaths. You guys are terrible at them. Yeah. Don't swear by heaven for it's God's throne. And don't swear by the earth because it's his footstool. <laughs> yeah. Just stop. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's justified. It's absolutely justified. He says this not knowing that Rachel. The one he loves. The one whom he loves dearly. Yes. The one whom he worked 14 years for. The beautiful one. She's the one who did it. He has no idea. No. But look he at what just he condemned says. her. He did. Yeah. He just condemned her. He didn't figure out how sneaky she was, though. He, well, again, it's, it's you know, where did Rebecca learn it from? What we've seen. <laughs> yeah. Where did Jacob yeah. learn it from? Yeah. You know, I, I, would, I would hazard a guess if I was a betting man, I'd put money on Rebecca and Laban's parents being pretty shifty. <laughs> you think <laughs> based on based on their children that would be my well guess. when you see that today guys i mean you know it it's uh, you know the 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 question you asked me and the and the and the the th this is going on here i i made the break because the family here was more important to me than the family that i was breaking from well and christ even tells us yeah i didn't i didn't come to bring peace i came to bring a sword Father against mother and husband against wife and yep. children against parents. You know that's what and it's that story be like. I told is a, is a is a is an example of that very the the coming through of that verse. Well, here's Laban. He said, "This is my family. He's not. He's been he's been a knucklehead. He's been trying to he's he's been trying to rape us financially. He's done that. His daughters say, "Hey, he's already he's already sold us and spent all the money." Our inheritance, this is still our inheritance, and he spent all the money. And he and said, we're going. So she, I think she's probably looking at it and saying, maybe she, she's, she's going to hedge her bet a little bit. 
okay, well, we got his God and we got my dad's God. Um, yeah. You know, sure. So I'll be. make sure I have a whole bunch of them. I can't go wrong that way. If I have, if I have the biggie, the the big big Kona here, I got him on one side and I got these little bitty ones on the other side. Man, I've got all my bases covered. I've got everything covered. Everything's covered. So she steals right. them. So she takes them. I said, like, she probably didn't take them all, but she took enough. She probably, t- she probably took the ones, if she really has a problem with her father, she probably took the ones that the, were the most precious to him. And she'd know what that was, wouldn't she? She, she would. would know what what really, what really her father really was, was passionate about. She would have known. Absolutely. So now Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen the gods. You know, let's, let's talk about the lunacy of idolatry really quick. Um... I don't think I want to worship or ask favors of or bow down before something that is so powerless that it can be stolen. I don't know about you though. <laughs> I lived in a I lived in a culture most of my young adult life till I was almost 30 in that in that environment. I lived in an environment where, you know, I, I've kissed the feet of statues. I've done that. I can remember doing it. I've I've done that within the confines of the of the religious experience. I've done that. When uh when we when we were in Mexico during one of the, the well during the sermon I preached Sunday morning down there, I I borrowed from Isaiah but I modernized it a bit. I said, you know, they made these these idols out of concrete. It's the same concrete they used to make the floors. How do we know we use the right concrete? What if they took the concrete that should have been the god and put it into the floor and we walk on it over? and. I, I got some good responses from that. I got some people smiled, and I, I think some people had never thought of it before. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Isaiah said the same thing. You know, you're chopping wood, you chop yeah. wood, and you're going to worship one half of it and burn, and the, burn other the other. Half. How do you know you burnt the right how, end? How do you know you burnt the right end? Right. So I, I totally, totally. God makes fun it. of them, is what he does. He does. He does yes. make fun of them. But they do it themselves. We do it ourselves, too. But the, the insanity of it, and that's what I'm pointing out here. But, but Rachel but, had stolen these gods. But, I mean, but Cole, why ask them anything? If you could just steal them, you throw them away, you could break them, you could. How many, how many of us. Smash them into a thousand pieces. How many of us find ourselves. Up to our necks in idolatry today, mm. worshiping a job, worshiping a car, worshiping the money that we're supposed to give to God, and materialism. Sure, you know, I mean, they they had to worshiping yourself. Yeah, I mean, we're we're, I won't say we're no, we're, we are better, but you know, in in many instances, but you know that there's a there's a well, whole I think culture. if you're in the church. You're better, and you're better because he has made you better. But yeah. I, as as yeah. a society or as a people, I would say that we're no different. Well, because I come to church on Sunday morning, and I'm around these people on Wednesday, and we're around. You know, we're we're going tonight's Monday night. We're recording. We're going to record again Wednesday. I'm around you guys. You know, somebody's walked in. I'll see Pam tomorrow. So we're we have we have connection, and you know that keeps me my head above water keeps my head above water so if you're out there and you're and you've decided y'all really want to stay home I, I, I i'm not i'm not faulting i'm just saying you know it it can it can get very difficult to do this alone absolutely it can get really easy to start worshiping something that seems to us to be helpful when it's really not sure and we need each other to kind of keep us between the ditches mm. and you know and i know when when we were when we were not worshiping and we were just live streaming and I was a part of that, and I, you know, I, you were doing that, you were preaching, 
you know, it still got really quickly. It got to the point where, you know, that's not going to keep me out of the ditch. Well, we got what keeps us out of the ditch is our dedication to continuing to work. So God created us to do good works. But what I'm saying is, is what keeps me out of the ditches is being accountable to you. Mm, and okay, to I see what you're saying. Yeah. You see, I want to be a part of this body hands-on. Right, right. And that's why I can't wait till all of our all of our family comes back. Absolutely. Because because well, we need hands-on. And you've and you've heard the the saying, you know, idle hands are the the devil's plaything. Yes. And it's it's very true. If we're left to our own devices and we don't focus or we're not focused in on the work that God has prepared and set before us, that's not our zero. We are easily going to fall into the ditch. We will find something to help us keep out of the ditch. It'll be an idol. It'll be something that's well, not God. Well, that, that'll put us right in the ditch. But you see that the point? <laughs> we'll think it's going to keep us out of the ditch. That's right. But it really doesn't. And we have to have each other to keep ourselves focused on God, to keep focused down the middle of the road. Well, know. and that was exactly, in Ephesians chapter 4, that's exactly why Paul says that that's the whole point of the church. The yes. whole point point of the church. Well, there's multiple reasons that the church exists, That's a big right? Reason, though. But that is one of the big reasons. The, one of the big reasons is to help mature the saints so we all grow up into Christ. That's, that's why right. he gave the church the gifts that he did and, and teachers that's why and he pastors. He makes some to be pastors and some to be teachers right. and some to be, you know, different things to to grow up and, and build up the the body. Absolutely. And you can't do that the the right way unless you're around the body. What's what I think what makes me sad is when people show up every Sunday or every Sunday and every Wednesday and they're spectators. Yeah. Because that's like being Rachel. Yeah. Rachel sat here on the sidelines and watched what was going on between God and Jacob and between Jacob and Laban. And she didn't, because she was on the sidelines and she wasn't participating, you know, she it easily went back to... It's difficult to sit on the sidelines and really feel... God working. Well, he, like I said, he created us to do good works. And so when we don't lean into that, when we don't lean into his plan for us, you know, people always talk about, well, he's got a plan for me. Well, what do you think that plan is? You know, I, I tell people all the time, my mission in life is to glorify God in everything I do. Now I fail at that. I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. like, I'm not a hundred percent successful all the time. And that's why we have Christ. That's why Christ died Absolutely. for us. But I still strive in everything that I do to glorify God. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to the grocery store, how can I glorify God as I'm going to the grocery store? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. I'm not going to lose my mind when somebody cuts me off and I'm going to start you know, throwing hand signs out the window. I'm going I'm to say, you know what? Peace. I don't know what's going through that person. I'm going to pray for them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a very easy way, but that, that's a total mindset shift. Everything I do, I want to glorify God. So now I'm in the grocery store. And I'm in the grocery store and somebody says something and I, I realize that's an opportunity to, to maybe put in a word about central or put in a word about God or to say, you know, you're looking for those opportunities. I, to, I told my class the other day I was getting a haircut and the hairdresser um, started talking about uh, – and, and, and I've been going there to get my haircut for a while. And I've been talking to her as, as often as I can about Christianity. And we started talking about politics and we, I started – you know, kind of not arguing, but discussing with her the pros and cons versus capitalism and socialism. And halfway through, I thought, what am I doing? 
Mm-hmm. I'm not a spokesperson for capitalism. And I'm not a spokesperson for socialism. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I really don't care. If this girl wants to go out and support one or the other, I don't, I don't, I truly do not care. But I really do care if she knows about Jesus. Yeah. And I really do care that she knows about God. So what am I doing? And I totally wasted my opportunity talking about foolishness uh, rather I, I than agree God. With, I understand what you're saying, but I think it's a, everything that we do is a learning is a learning environment. Oh, okay? certainly. And certainly. you learned how to not do that again next time. Oh man. And not to do and you know and and but that's what I'm saying about you know when you get to be involved in those situations, those things, especially when you're in the body and you get to be around. You know, it's really hard to see God working when you're watching it when you're watching it happen. Right. Instead of experiencing it happen. You right. experienced it Sunday morning. You experienced God working Sunday morning. Absolutely. You Absolutely. crawl up on the stage and he walked up on the stage. Yeah, that's right. You know, no, and, no and, joke. And he and he and he stood behind you and propped you up, and then and opened your mouth and words started coming out. Man, because you tell told me, me you said you wanted to crawl off the stage. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, well, you know, God said, "Oh no, 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 no! You don't understand. Here's a learning experience for you, Cole Mueller. I'm gonna I'm gonna be up here with you. You crawl up there, and I'll lift you up, pick you up, and I'll prop you up." I was sitting in that front pew, going, "Where's the door?" <laughs> But you see, you experience those things when you're when you're here and you're involved. It's very difficult when you're looking from the outside in. That's right. Very difficult. Well, when you're and looking, Rachel's looking at from the outside in. And in when a you're sense. looking from the outside in, it, you don't realize it when God shows up. No. When you're in the work, when you're in the middle of it, whether that's through prayer, whether that's through active teaching, or whether that's through active living, when you are in the middle of it and God shows up, you know. Yeah. But when you're just sitting out watching, you're just like, oh, well, that worked out. When the Holy Spirit shows up and starts and starts teaching you something that yeah. you really didn't want to learn, and you and you look around and say, well, that was weird. That was weird. You know? And But anyway. Well, and so Laban went into Jacob's tent. He goes all over and he looks. Now Rachel had taken the household gods and put them inside her camel's saddle and was sitting on them. Laban searched through everything in the tent but found nothing. Rachel said to her father, Don't be angry, my lord, that I cannot stand up in your presence. I'm having my period. So he searched but could not find the household gods. Jacob was livid. It says angry, but have you ever been falsely accused of something? Yeah, yeah it's, 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 not a fun, it's not a fun place to be. No. Let me tell you something. I've been falsely accused of things before, and I certainly did not react to it like Christ did. Mm-hmm. Christ went silent before his accusers. He let himself be nailed to a cross, and I am growing slowly into that. But I do not like being falsely accused of something. I feel like I've done enough in my life that you can accuse me for something I have done. <laughs> Don't mm-hmm. accuse me of doing something that I yeah. haven't. Um, Try being an elder sometime. Oh, no, thank you. No, thank you. I'm, you know, I mean, I'm it, it's a, well it aware. Is a, uh, I, it, don't, it doesn't bother me anymore. It, it doesn't, but it, it did before to be falsely accused. I can understand. I've, I've been there where I was so angry that how dare you talk to me? How, how dare you insinuate this stuff? Well, and he takes Laban to task. This is his, yeah. this is an elder that's for him. This is, you know, a, a patriarch mm-hmm. in his family, and he takes him to his task. His own daughter calls him Lord. That's right. What is my crime, he asked Laban. How have I wronged you that you hunt me down? Now that you have searched through all my goods, what have you found that belongs to your household? Put it here in front of your relatives and mine and let them judge between the two of us. Jacob is going to town. (laughs) 
I have been with you 20 years now. Your sheep and goats have not miscarried, nor have I eaten rams from your flock. I did not bring your animals. So now we're getting into this, all of these things that I've done, right? And he's, he's laying it down. This was my situation. The heat consumed me in the daytime and at night and the cold at night and sleep fled from my eyes. Can you, can you hear just how angry Jacob is in this? Wouldn't you like to have been there? I'd love to have been there to see this. I'd, I would have loved to have been there to see this knowing that Rachel stole, stole the idols. <laughs> and I would have loved to see the look on her face as her husband saying this. Yeah. If the God of my father, now I'm, I'm skipping down a little bit. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had not been with me, you would surely have sent me away empty-handed. But God has seen my hardship and the toil of my hands, and last night he rebuked you. Laban answered, Jacob, the women are my daughters, the children are my children, and the flocks are my flocks. <laughs> you hear this guy? Uh, all you see is mine. Wow. Yet what can I do today about these daughters of mine or about the children they have born? Come now, let's make a covenant, you and I, and let it serve as a witness between us. So Jacob took a stone and set it up as a pillar. He said to his relative, gather some stones. They took stones and piled them in a heap, and they ate there by the heap. Laban called, Laban called it uh, Jagar Sadathua, and Jacob called it Galid. Laban said, this heap is a witness between you and me today. That is why it is called Galid. It, will also, uh, it was also called Mizpah. Because he said, may the Lord, and that's the covenant God, that's the, the covenant name there. May the Lord keep watch between you and me when we are away from each other. If you mistreat my daughters or if you take any wives besides my daughters. He already has. Doesn't this guy know that? Oh, my goodness. Even though no one is with us, remember that God is a witness between you and me. Laban this also- is Laban talking, who worships little, little figurines. Just in case. Just in case. That's oh, right. right. Laban also said to Jacob, here is this heap and here is this pillar I've set up between you and me. This heap is a witness and this pillar is a witness that I will not go past this heap to your side to harm you and that you will not go past this heap and pillar to my side to harm me. May the God of Abraham and the God of Nahor, the God of their father, judge between us. Um, so this now, is what I we wanna, call... I'll start right here. Mm-hmm. Didn't this guy get a direct Western Union telegram from god yes he did and what did god tell him do not say anything good or bad against this kid that's right and then the very first thing he does is starts clocking him that's right that's what he did first thing and he said oh by the way i'm not really gonna say anything good or bad you already did you already have you know i mean it just shows it just shows the you know when i look at this and i see i see so many people claim a relationship with god they don't have a clue what that means. Mm. Don't have a clue what it means. Absolutely. To, oh well, God spoke to me. Really? This is how He told you to act. He told you to do this. Well, it's like I was watching a YouTube video the other day, and it was a lady in Detroit, um, and the she was squatting, and the the news anchor was trying to help the homeowner get their home back, and he went to the lady who was squatting, and he said. You know, I've got this deed to be here. I've got a key to the house, so I'm your new roommate. You know, whether you like it or not, I'm your new roommate. (laughs) So he goes back and forth with this lady, and he said, how do you have the electricity turned on? And they went back and looked in the house, and she's stealing electricity from the house next to her. And when he looks at her, she goes, I'm blessed. 
I'm blessed. God has blessed me because I'm stealing the electricity from my neighbor. You see? You know, how many times have we witnessed people saying, oh, well, you know, at a, at a, when, you know, and I don't mean together, but we've witnessed where people have said, well, I will, uh, uh, I, I'll know one day I'll be with them in heaven. What? You know, the guy was a stinker. He stunk up. He, he, he lived his life as a stinker. And you're, and you're saying, oh, yeah, well, I'll be with him. And does that mean that you've already regulated to God that God has to save everybody? Yeah, that's what they said. That's what Laban here is. He's saying, oh, well, God, I know what you told me, but I don't really care. I'm going to say whatever I want to say anyway. And, you know, what am I going to do about my daughters? They're not your daughters. They're his wives. They cease to be your daughters. You know, what about my children? They're not your children. They're your grandchildren. The beauty about grandchildren is you, you many times you can send them back home. Absolutely. You know? I've heard that. I'm looking forward to those days. Yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't always happen that way. But for the most part, it does. When, when, the, when the relationships are done right, it, that's the way it works. But. So they take an oath. They have a feast. They offer a sacrifice. And early the next morning in verse 55, Laban kissed his grandchildren and his daughters and blessed them. Then he left and returned home. Um, he should have done that from the jump. That's what he should have done from the very beginning. He should have said, man, it's good. I, I, just, I just want to tell you all goodbye. Man, it's awesome. I'm glad that you've been a part of my life. I can't wait for y'all to come visit at Christmas time, whatever. But Laban's perspective was that Jacob had taken everything from him, including his household gods. And right or wrong, that was his perspective. But I think you're absolutely right. I think you were looking at Laban, and he's a stinker. He's been a stinker his whole life. He, he has no idea about God. He has no idea, no clue, and he's going to do whatever he has to to get by. Yeah, I, I, I want to I warn you know, people. I mean, it, this may not have connected with everybody, but be very careful who you associate with. Be very careful who you, uh, who you take to marry or put in your life uh, because they can be a stinker in hiding. And, and they, this guy, I think he loved his daughters. I think he did. But it it overwhelmed him that he was that he was a, a a polytheist, which means he worshipped a lot of different gods. He's a he's a he you know and and that never works well when you have someone in your life. I don't care if it's family members. You may have to walk away from them. I've seen a lot of people that are Christians that couldn't walk away from their family, and it destroyed them eventually. Eventually, it destroyed them because eventually their their family family had enough pull to pull them back just enough. To keep them from being, to make them a spectator. Remember you said that a while ago? I did. What bothers you the most is, is to watch people just be spectators in church. And that happens in all kinds of churches where people are just spectators. And sometimes it's because the family has pulled them just enough to keep them on the peripheral. Keep them just out, just right on the edge of the ditch, but not in the ditch. But not up where God is and where God needs to be, wants them to be. So be very careful who you let, let in your life. Jesus said, unless you hate your mother and your father and your sister and your brother and even your own life, he said, you can have no part of me. That's part of the gospel message from Jesus, guys. Jesus is, is very sp specific. He said, unless you love me, he said, you can't love me and do whatever you want. He said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You are my friends if you do what I tell you to do. That's very specific, isn't it? You can't, you can't, there's no peripheral stuff. There's no spectator. This is not a spectator sport. This is an active, ongoing sport. You know, and that's why, you know, I'm, I'm, 
I, I want so desperately for our family to get back together and be a whole back together because it's, a, it's so difficult to do it from the outside looking in. This guy, this guy is, is a prime example of that. He's got a bunch of gods that he's worshiping with. Gonna, he's going to hedge all the bases. And you may say, well, I don't have any gods. I don't have any stuff. But you know, take a look. Maybe you do. Maybe there is some. Maybe there's a, maybe there's a car you really, really, really. Or maybe adore. there's a family member that you need to walk away from. Yeah. If it's a choice between them or Christ, it's time to walk away. Yes. Jacob is. had a choice. He could have stayed with Laban. Yeah. He could have ignored what God said, stayed with Laban. We all have a choice. Well, it was scary, too, for him to leave because he was afraid. He was afraid it was going to happen. But he did trust God. He did. Well, God told him to go, and he went. Well, and remember, Esau is still waiting for him back home. That's the next, next, the next step. So, there and is God's a good, waiting for him too, because he's going to, because he's going to have a right. confrontation with God and with Esau. So there yeah. was a very good reason. Hey, I, I've heard people say it's better the devil you know than the devil you don't. Mm-hmm. And so he could have stayed with Laban. He knew what he was in for. He knew the deal with Laban. He's got Esau coming around the, around the bend. He's got Esau, and Esau who hasn't seen him in 20 years. Esau's still, still carrying a grudge, too. So, hey, props for J- to Jacob for listening when God said, hey, go. Yeah. I've seen what's happened. It's yeah. enough. You yeah. need to go. Yeah. And he went. And, you know, if you're out there and you're trying to follow Christ and you've got family who's standing in the way, it maybe may be time to close to God. the door. Maybe, maybe God's trying to talk to you and you're not listening. But, hey, we'd love to help you figure that out. Absolutely. Give us a call. Text us. Comment. You know, whatever. You know, get a hold of us. It's on the screen. There's, it's, there's, it's not difficult to get a hold of us. You can get a hold of us if you want. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this text and for, for how uh, these folks can really teach us about our own lives. Father, help us to learn from Laban. Help us to learn from Jacob and, and the family. And, and uh, help us to learn the things that, we're, that we should not be doing. And I thank you, Father, for that opportunity. Father, we ask your blessings upon our audience, on all of them. Uh, I know there's issues out there. I know there's problems out there. I know there's people that really are looking and struggling. And I pray, Father, you help us to say something that will help to get their attention. And thank you for that opportunity. And it's in the name of Jesus, your son, we pray. Amen.